0: 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Just took 30 seconds off your life. Somebody go get those back. Go get them back. Some of y'all were struggling counting the 30. (laughs) You You can't get it back. Seriously. You can't go get that back. Some of you can waste hundreds of dollars, and then you play the numbers. Help them, Lord. When the report came out, I was, I was checking to see if there were any from Cleveland. Who? No, seriously, you can do bad with money, but some people have the skill of getting more money. I, there's some folk I know, I mean, they, they, they always land on their feet. Do you know what I'm talking about? They make a bad business deal. They mess up their finances, but they just good. They just find a way to get more. Some people can do that. Some of us don't do well at that at all, With especially with respect to finances. You make one bad decision with finances, some of us are still struggling with that decision now. It's a 30-year-old 30 30 decision that you're still paying for. But I'm telling you right now, above all things, there is... The, the, as a matter of fact, we're going to be judged on this. The most important thing that you have is time. You don't got nothing else if you don't have time. Watch this text of scripture right here. Uh, I mean, this, this next line I want to show you. Watch this. Um, more important than knowing what time it is. Is knowing what to do with your time. Y'all didn't catch that. We are Seventh-day Adventists. We believe that time is short. Come on, say amen. How many know what time it is? How many know what time it is? All right? Yeah, that's all good and fine. You still don't know when he's coming. So what's more important than knowing what time it is is do is what are you doing with the time that you have? Oh, y'all not praying with me in here. Just because I know the time doesn't mean I'm operating my life in a way that honors the time that I'm in. we around here talking about we're in the last days. You don't live like it. Jesus coming soon. You're not preparing for it. Not for real. So what's more important, because many, you'll, as you'll see in a minute, many of us are not going to make it to that time. There was a strong possibility that your days, as we saw in that text, will come to an end. Ugh. Everybody, I remember E.E. E. Cleveland when I was in school at him at Oakwood, he told us, I mean, you know, because it was EE. E. Now, now look, now yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Ellen White, then EE. E. Like, I'm, like when EE e. said that he was going to be translated, we all believed. If EE e. e. was translated, then I said, well, shoot, I'm going to be translated. How many of you have that in your mind? When Jesus comes back, you're going to be alive. I mean, you visualize that. He's hmm, e. e. not here no more. on this earth has been determined (laughs) when you were born a clock started ticking and you don't know from past your nose whether your time is up tomorrow or in 2016 how many in 2015 planned to be here today and they're not here How many realize time is valuable? Go to the next slide for me. If I say sweetheart, don't worry. It's my daughter who's on the on the screen today. All right. Uh, Time is the most valuable thing a person can do. What, y'all? So you ought to spend it wisely. All right. We still here. Look at this other text. Psalms thirty nine four. Psalms thirty nine four. Read this with me. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I put a little bunch of crazy stuff in there. Hit it. Yeah, there we go. Lord, remind me how brief my what? On earth will what? Remind me that my days are <laughs> counted. How fleeting life is. So, so what the, the, Psalm, the psalmist is saying we need to be reminded regularly that you ain't going to be here forever. That your days are numbered. And that, that, that your time on the earth has limits to it. The King James Version says, teach me to number my days. All right, go on, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next text. Uh, or actually, uh, yeah, Psalms 90 and verse 12. Watch this. Yeah, here it is. Teach us to do what? What's the word number mean? It means count. Now, look, now let's be honest. It's just us in here, right? Y'all know We. We don't like talking about death. When most of us die, our affairs are not in order because we're scared to talk about the inevitable. It's the, the fear shouldn't be in dying. The fear should be that I didn't live the kind of life God told me to live before I died. As a matter of fact, you read the scriptures, the apostles, they said for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Now, I'm not saying I want to die, but I am saying that what ought I've got to agree with the psalmist is saying, think about how you're living your life so that you can be prepared to die. Help us, Lord. Watch this. Watch what what your girl says. Watch what your girl says. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Go to the next slide for me. Go to the next slide. Watch this. Christ Object Lessons, page 342, paragraph four. Time squandered can never be recovered. We cannot call back even one moment now here's the here's the here's the rub on this we're not see many of us think we're being judged by a bunch of deeds you're not being judged by that you're being judged on your whole life translation you're being judged on what you're doing with your time the average average American watches about 10 hours of television a week you're being judged on that The average American now spends equal or more than that amount of time on their, on their mobile device or on the internet. The average American spends about seven, eight hours a week shopping. Let me just cut two to the chase. The average American spends very little time doing anything for somebody else. You got a hundred, I believe, is 168 hours in a week. of that time, the average American spends that time on themselves. And then they say, when Jesus comes, I'm going to be saved. Remember, you're being judged on time. All right, go to the next slide for me. She continues and she says this. I don't know why I put all them gadgets in there. That was a mistake. The only way, read y'all, in which we can redeem our time is by making, here it is, the most of that which remains. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but let's be honest. There are some of us who have who well I should say there are some of us where it appears that we have more time in front of us than we have behind us. Now I'm, I'm about to hit 40, so I'm like, pos- well for a black man I'm not even in the middle no more. For a black man I got less years. I mean hit, just thinking about that is unnerving. Now some of you have already you've already dealt with that. You're up in up in you're senior. You're, you 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 recognize your mortality you realize that I have have fewer days ahead of me than I have behind me. But let me say something to my younger folk. Uh, The danger of thinking that you have time is that you will waste it. And the danger with my older folk is, the danger with thinking that you have little time is that you'll be afraid to do anything with it. The wise thing to do is... Make the most of what you have now. You can't go back and fix stuff you did 60 years ago. You can't fix nothing you did last week. It's gone, done, finished. It's over. What can I do right now? Make the most of the time I've got now. Are y'all here? Okay, we're going to get real practical. Go, go, Go to the next one for me. Wise people recognize time is what okay so so here we go I want to go now go to the next slide I'm going to look at five points and I'm going to sit down five points about time we often ignore five points about time that we often ignore many of us claim wisdom but if we look at how we spend our time we don't really use time wisely now I want I want to plead with you to please hear what I'm saying. This thing has implications on the following levels. Your relationships, your finances, your family, your health. How you do time determines how you do your life. How you view time determines how God is going to view your salvation. Y'all not, y'all not, you not here. you not with me. Y'all not with me. Okay. Everybody here? Okay. You, you pick up in a minute Number one, point number one. First point, consistent investments of time equal what? All right. So let me illustrate that. Go to the next one. So, so consistent deposits of time. I said, and the key word is consistent. Everybody say consistent. Consistently. Stick-to-itiveness. Regular. Focused. Faithfulness, when you are in good things, that equals good things. So, for example, exercise. (laughs) Like, I can't think of a better example to illustrate this than with health. You can't eat one healthy meal. You can't go to the gym four times a year. I'm preaching to myself. And there be results. And that equal good things. Are y'all hearing me? It, what equals good things is regularity, faithfulness. <laughs> Some of us, okay, I'll show you this picture later. Some of us do one thing and we think that that applies to everything else we've done in our lives. No, you did one good thing, but for the most part, you have treated your body. unfairly. You don't have your own best interest at heart. Don't, blame, don't say God this ain't the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple. If you don't take care of your body it ain't God. There are going to be consequences. And the issue is not some peach cobbler with ice cream at Thanksgiving. Some of y'all think you're going to hell because you had one corned beef sandwich this year. Two. Three. I can prove to you scientifically that eating three corned beef sandwiches is not going to change your cholesterol that much. But to eat them every day. Now, as I said before, because some of y'all getting disturbed by that, some of y'all should never eat corned beef at all. But just understand how we work. The way that God has designed us is not that one activity is going to destroy us. The way that we are designed is we are creatures of habit. And if we, go to the next one for me, uh, uh, Taylor, go to the next one. Point number two, consistent neglect equals bad things. So, so so, here's the thing. We fool ourselves to think if I do this one thing, it's not going to bother me. But the truth of the matter is, is most of us lack the self-control to have one piece of cake. If I, listen, if I had it my way, I would eat Sister Anthony's pound cake with the lemon frosting every day. I would. And and as a matter of fact, uh, somebody else, I don't know. uh, Yes, your your relative gave us that. Now, y'all gave us that pound cake at the beginning of the year. Now, we had all made all these plans to walk in health, right? (laughs) And that cake is sitting there. And I'm saying, what a waste of time it would have been for Roscoe to go all the way to South Carolina and get that cake. And I don't eat some of it. So I have one slice here. And I just just had one today. I'll work out, work that stuff off. Come on, say amen. How many? But guess what? I'm too sleepy to get up, so I ain't going to work out. And then later on that night, I'm stressed. I don't know about you. When I'm stressed, I want chocolate. I want sweets. (laughs) Why why I got to feel like I'm being judged up here and don't nobody else? Y'all don't got no vices at all. I didn't say you look at pornography. I just said you want a piece of cake. And and so I had one earlier that I just wanted to taste a little bit. But do you see what I'm saying? See, consistent neglect equals bad things. Next slide, next slide, next slide, next slide. Watch this. Neglect is easy and costly. Discipline is not easy. Neglect is easy and it's costly because because you're creatures of habit. If you neglect neglecting the right thing to do one time, you're basically saying, I'm going to neglect to do it the next time. But don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The way we're... One indulgence is not going to kill you. But that's the danger. Because you know that. Because you know that. Oh, let me give a spiritual example. If I sleep in this morning and miss worship, I'm not going to be lost on that. But you're tired the next day. And the next day. And what ends up happening is, is you're not consistent and consistency equals maturity. Go on to the next one. Some people, that's not a griller. But even it was a griller. it still got uh, processed cheese on it and uh, white bread and fries. Now, look, some of y'all are going to have a problem with this. Some of you going to have a problem with this. To eat one of these once a year is not going to give you cancer. This is what science says. But see, that's not our problem. That ain't our problem. Our problem ain't once a year. Our problem is we're always in a hurry. And so some of you say, well, I don't eat that red meat. Well, you eat them, them fries. Let me tell you, those fries are so good. I don't, I don't know why those McDonald's fries are so good. Some of you have theories. But I have I've seen, like, those fries drop in a car. And because I, like, have a family car and you don't really wash it often, that fry will have been there for a year and it hasn't decomposed. It hasn't molded or anything. We all know that they're putting something in that food to make us addicted to it. But kids are born like at McDonald's. How is that? Something in there. I'm just telling you, one time ain't going to kill you. I'm not trying to entice you. I'm just saying, think about this. Because we know that, we indulge more than once. And what it does, it breaks our consistency in doing the right things. And you have to be consistent in right things in order to reap the benefits. Okay, See, I'm just talking about health right now. Wait till I get, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down your street. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I got to move. We're on point number what? Three? Point number three. Go to the next one. Yep, three. Now, there is no value in allowing the urgent to interfere with the important. There is, I'm going to break it down. There is no value in allowing the urgent to interfere with the important. What is that saying about time? That most of us there are things that we're supposed to do. How many, how many can think of many things that you should be doing? But you never do those things because urgent things always get in the way. And, and watch this now. Uh, go to the next slide for me, uh, Taylor. Um, if, if, if random has no value over time. Oh, okay, let me break it down. Go to the next slide. Let me, let me, let me give you an illustration. All right so exercise right say your goal is to exercise five times a week right so over here you're supposed to exercise over here you like to sleep let's say all let's say you look back over last year how many set some goals last year and you look back and you know you didn't fulfill any of those goals right now ask yourself this question what did you choose to do what to think about what did you choose to do In place of what you were supposed to do, you can't even remember. You can't even remember. You know why? Because not doing what you're supposed to do, random stuff, has no value. Even to the extent that you can't even remember what you should what you did instead of what you should have done. Are y'all hearing me? (laughs) Now think about it. You should have spent more time with your family. You should have called your children. You should have done more ministry. Oh Lord, Let me ask you a question. What did you do last year instead of that? Can you remember? All the stuff that interfered with the main stuff you should have been doing, can you remember what you did instead? And the question is, is that stuff you did instead of getting up and having time with God, has it, had, has it added any value to your life? Go, go to the next slide for me. Um, it has done nothing. Nothing. Zero for all the stuff that you did in place of what you should have done. Go to the next slide. Random equals what, everybody? Random equals what, everybody? Now watch this. When you add up all the what I did instead ofs, they always equal zero. So just think about that. How much time did we waste last year Doing stuff, and we can't even remember what we did in place of ministry, in place of time with God, in place of time with our family, in place of exercise, in place of, 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 of improving ourselves professionally and financially. Think about it. What did, what did I do last year that was so important? And what value has it added to my life? Nothing. Go on to the next one. Oh, next slide, next slide for me. <clears throat> watch this uh, scripture. Yeah, watch this. Luke twelve it says, and he told them this parable: the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Now you've heard this. Verse seventeen. He thought to himself, "What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops." Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't move. Next slide. Next slide for me, baby. Yeah. And he thought to himself, "What shall I do? I have no place to store." My crops. Go to the next text. Then he said, this is what I'll do. Y'all heard this, right? I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. Go to the next scripture. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be what, y'all? Verse 20. Go to the next one. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Go to the next scripture, last one. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Luke 12. So watch this. Uh, this text is often used about money and greed. But think, look, look how this fool thought. He said, man, look, God's blessed me. So what am I going to do with these blessings? Man, I'm going to bless myself. All right, he blessed himself, right? And then watch this. Then God showed up and said, you fool, you're going to die tonight. You know what his problem was? It wasn't greed. It was lack of wisdom. He didn't consider the time that he was in. He didn't realize that his life was fleeting. He didn't realize that moments were passing by, that he couldn't get back. And the Lord called him a fool. Alright, come on. Go ahead, go ahead, hit that, hit that. Number four. In the areas that matter most, Lord, here it is, you can't make up for lost time. When I was in when I was when I was in school, um, I convinced myself that I worked better under pressure. Somebody, how many of y'all feel that? Well, I'm just looked. I just the reason why I don't prepare ahead of time is because i just the Lord has anointed me to work better under pressure. And the truth is, is there are some things in life you can get away with working under pressure. Some of you say, oh, I thrive on that. No, the truth of the matter is, is you're lazy, and you don't put the effort to prepare. So when I I went to school to work on my doctorate, I had to learn a whole new skill. I couldn't couldn't pull all-nighters anymore. I couldn't cram anymore. When I had children, y'all not hearing me. When you lose time with your children, you can't get it back. You can't have a week-long vacation, Father, and make up for the time that you lost. If you lost it, it's gone. Are y'all hearing me? When you have destroyed your body for years, you can pray for healing, and God at times will give it. But for the most part, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You cannot get back. All you can't make up for lost time. And the, the, the problem is, is that many of us, we do this kind of thing in small areas and it bleeds over into the major areas. You're cramming your spiritual life. Some of you, some of you felt like you didn't read the word enough last year, so now you're going to try to read the whole Bible through. But remember, it's consistency. It's faithfulness that builds maturity, not cramming. Some of you came to church four or five times last year, and and, and you know you need to do better. Come on, somebody, say amen. With all the talk that says church is not important, worship is not important, it is important, but it's only important to those who don't come periodically. It's important to those who come regularly. It's consistency. Oh, y'all not praying with me in here. It's consistency. Just because you showed up and helped out in one evangelistic participation, doesn't make you more evangelistic. You have to have an attitude of evangelism. Your mindset has to be consistent deposits of time, and that's what grows your life. Not show up once, not do one thing and think that changes your life. Go to the next slide. Look at this brother. He did what I did. You know, and you know, the new year comes, and then you start, you go in the gym, and you work out for four hours. Unwise. You work every machine. You drink water uh, for a week straight, guess what? And then you go to the mirror after that workout, and, and it feels like. Come on, y'all, not praying with me, but must nobody work out in here? Do you walk? Do you do anything? You know, when you do it that one time after you haven't done a long time, you all sore, and you feel, and you kind of feel like, man, I know that I've changed. One workout does not change your physique. You look, that's what you see in the mirror. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but reality says, no change has happened. Come on, y'all. See, the thing about our bodies is, there has to be regular, consistent deposits of faithfulness and time. You can't, show, you can't work out for a month. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you this. It's better, it's better... It's better to drink one glass of water. I know they tell you drink eight. It's better to drink one glass of water for seven days, eight days, straight, nine days, ten days, 14, 15, a month straight consistency than to take one day and just say, I'm going to fast and do a cleanse. And then when it's over, go back to pop. Look, I'm trying to tell y'all, see, many of us think that we're going to be saved on a moment. No, God is looking at, Ellen White says in Step to Christ, he's looking at the trend of your life. Go go, go ahead, keep it moving. So here are the areas that you can't cram in. They're too important. You can't cram with your your body. You just got to be consistent. I'm not saying don't have a piece of cake. I'm not saying don't have no ice cream. But don't consistently have it. Consistently make correct and wise deposits. Number two. Relationally. Mm. Young parents. Folks with children and grandchildren. Oh, man. You can't get time back. I'm learning. How many, how many, how many folks got kids and you're just like, wish I could do it over again? Okay, so let me tell you what to do. Don't sit there and bemoan what you didn't do. Make the most of the time you have now. See, it's real hard to to judge other people when you got a whole bunch of stuff you ain't done. The other thing we can't cram in is we can't cram with our professional life. Now listen, some of y'all don't think this is spiritual, but many of you professionally have sinned against God. Because there's some stuff God told you to do to improve yourself, to strengthen your witness, to position you in places where he can use you, Daniel, Joseph... But because of your laziness, because of your fear of failure, you you apply but you don't finish. From what I understand, Cleveland State, Cleveland State offers free degrees or, or, or studies to people over sixty-two or something of that nature. Uh, 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 that's right, sixty and up. You're in the program. You weren't. You weren't in that program. Is it because you don't want to be over sixty? Or it, uh, <laughs> but. He wanted a degree. Okay. So the difference is, is those that want to increase knowledge, they offer free programs, not a degree, but free programs for folks who want to increase their knowledge. That's valuable. That's valuable. But many of us, we we instead decide, I'm going to watch the soaps all day. Like, seriously, somebody shout consistency. Somebody said law and order. Uh. Consistency. Somebody say consistency. And then spiritually, you can't have one Holy Ghost-filled moment and that make you spiritually mature. Uh, Maturity comes from regular faithful commitments. Look, I'm going to tell you, this is my thing, and and you're going to think I'm saying this because I'm pastor, but this has been my thing since I've been in school. There's a lot of things I don't do well, a lot of things I'm unfaithful in. I can even do better in this, but this is one thing I'm like, God, you're going to see, I'm going to put my face where your presence is. When I was in school, when everybody else was studying for finals, I said, no, 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 I need the Lord. I'm going to prayer meeting. The library would be packed. It'd be like four or five of us inside the, inside the church. But I said, I want, I, want, I want God to see that I'm committed to being in his presence. I wasn't going to miss church. I wasn't going to miss Sabbath school. I wasn't going to miss prayer meeting and assume that that what I had was enough. I, I, at least, by the I don't do it all the time. There are times even, yes, the pastor sleeps in a little too late and misses time, but for the most part, you got to hear me here, but for the most part, I'm going to rise up early in the morning and lay on my face and spend time with God. It's because my spirit, spiritual maturity will not come in momentary random moments with God, but it comes in regular consistent times in his presence. You grow, you grow up in God's presence with consistency. Many of us have not grown because you're not consistent. Or many of you haven't grown because you're consistently doing the same thing over and over again without adding more weight. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. If you go to the weight room, if you go to the weight room and you put and you take some 15 pound dumbbells and you do, what do you call these? Curls, right? If you do these initially, it's going to cause a little soreness, won't it? You're going to do sets of 10, right? And you're going to do five sets, right? You're going to put in 50. All right? You do that for a month. You do that for two months. You do that for a year. Guess what? Muscle memory. You ain't doing nothing no more. Because you know what you're doing? You keep repeating the same action, and you haven't increased the intensity. Therefore, no muscles will be built. So, what I'm saying is, some of y'all, you're doing Sabbath school, you're doing church, you ain't really doing prayer meeting, you're not really involved in ministry, but you're claiming spiritual maturity. Ain't going to happen until you add more weight, until you put more responsibility. Oh, y'all not. You can't continue just to repeat the same behavior and think that's going to change it. At some some point, you got to go deeper. Man, why ain't y'all feeling me today? All right, let's end this thing. Therefore, Ephesians 5. Y'all remember this text? What does the Bible have to say about time? It says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise, but as what, y'all? Why? Go to the next verse. Making the most of your what, y'all? And this is why the Bible is pleading with us. Because the days are evil. You know what that means? It means that culture is trying to tell you how to do your time. And if you don't work if you don't work against the current, you're going to look back over your life and regret most of it. Time equals life. Yeah, come on, Willie. Come on. I know you're going to close the door, but come on and close this thing out. Time equals what, everybody? And we are being judged by what we do with our lives. Next slide. I got a homework assignment for you. Now, time also equals what? Okay, now watch this. Now watch this. This is why, see, what I just shared with you, I could have shared at a a non-Christian environment, and they would have received it. There, There are folk out in the world who receive There are folk out in the world who, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Pharrell, they manage their time better than Christians do. But here's why this is important for you, church. Watch this. Next text. Do not grieve. The Holy Spirit of what? By whom you were what? For the day of what? You know what grieve means? It means don't wear him out by your ignoring him because even the work of the Holy Spirit has got a clock on it. Mm -hmm. See, here's my fear. Y'all ever read the story about Samson? Mm -hmm. You know, he kept grieving the Holy Spirit of God and then Delilah came fooling with him and then this is what it was said. It said, (laughs) Samson got up like he always had and did not know that the Spirit of God had left him. You can't play with time. Go ahead. You can't play with it. It, There could come a point, Sister Jones, where, where the Spirit of God will say, I've tried, can't do no more. You become the mocker that we talked about last week. Next text. Matthew 12, 31 says this. He says, so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. You know what the sin against the Holy Spirit is? It's a sin against time. It's like the Holy Spirit keeps talking to you. you do this, do this, do this, do this. Say that. Uh, confess this fault apologize to this person, repent, do that, spend time with your daughter, spend time with your, your, with your family, love, do this, take care of your body, and you just keep ignoring, ignoring, year goes by, 10 years goes by, 30 years goes by, but you're still coming to church, and you're still, you still in the choir, and you're still in Sabbath school, and you're still doing this, and you convinced yourself that as long as I just keep repeating the things that I've been doing, and yet ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna be okay, but what you're really doing is, you're preparing yourself to commit the unforgivable sin. Jesus said, he said, you can dog me, and there's forgiveness. He said, you can lie, commit adultery, steal. He said, but the sin against the Holy Ghost, I got nothing for you on that because that's your only solution to salvation right now. And your time is limited. Go on to the next one. We need to start operating intentionally versus accidentally. Go to the next one. What area? This is my question today of your life.